coming up. Nancy begins a new series focusing on making sure your kids have the best time ever at the Disneyland. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 544, for the week of January 24th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! There she is. I was just waiting. You know, that's a new thing this year we're doing. I know. Hey! I know. Mary Jamlata Willie. Hello! And Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. All right, so we have a new series coming out from Mrs. Johnson. I thought we were going to be ta- calling this, uh, what, what was the creative name you came up with that you decided to ditch? Disneyland is my land. And the my refers to well, that, different age brackets. Yep. So we're going to talk about, um, we're going to start the series basically composing it for zero to on out kids of every age, but we're going to focus it on the different age groups. So for this episode, we're going to start off on the, the free years. So, you know, Disney considers everybody three and under to be free. I know there are some people whose kids can pass for three for quite a, for under three for quite a while after they turn three but you know they don't ask for birth certificates and i'm not saying to do that but three and under is what we're looking at the free years this time then uh next our next segment we're going to break it up into those preschool years otherwise known as the magical years um where kids that age really get into it and they really believe and you know michael's talked about this with his granddaughter lexi and you know certainly my kids have really found that age to be great at Disneyland. Then we're going to move on after that into the elementary school years where they still have a lot of fun. Sometimes they believe, but they're starting to discover um, the interesting things about Disney. You know, they're getting old enough to understand the science behind it and all that. Um, then we get into the, the too cool for school years. <laughs> Uh, you know, those, there. those tween ages where, you know, kids are trying to really find themselves and they've got all these new friends, you know, and Disney may not be as cool unless you're a really independent spirit. And then finally, you know, maybe if we have time, we might even go for the older kid age brackets, like, you know, taking your college students or, you know, your, you know, that kind of thing. Or even up to those kids, you know, Michael's age. So if we have time and we have the desire, we'll go on farther and do some planning for the different adult age groups, too. So how, how old were your kids when you took them to Disneyland? Zoe went when she was three days old. I'm sure we've talked about this. Before. Yeah, we have. Okay. But, I mean, it's a great way to start introducing yeah. this Disneyland yeah. with kids thing. Um, we didn't even take a stroller that first time. She stayed in the sling. We didn't use a front baby carrier because for me, the, um, you know, the wearing them out, you know, it's like Velcroing them to your chest hair and <laughs> letting their little legs dangle. You know, that just, it's not me. That's that type of front carrier isn't, isn't me. I really like the sling because they feel really nurtured and nested in. In fact, people didn't even realize we had a baby in there. Some people thought it was a purse. <laughs> So, I mean, for people who say, well, that's just, you know, totally cray-cray, then, yeah, it might be. You know, some people believe in keeping, um, keeping, some people believe in, you know, keeping them home for a certain amount of time. I say give their immune system a workout, yay. (laughs) And I work in healthcare. (laughs) <laughs> I've been a healthcare professional for 26 years. So, um, and, 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 and it didn't bother Zoe in the least. She did fabulous uh, because when you're in, a, when you've got them in a sling like that, when they're super duper little, um, they're basically a lump for the first three months, four months. They're basically a lump you take along. 
Now, some people treat them like a high-maintenance lump, but it doesn't really have to be that way. And they can get a lot out of the park. Um, you know, being exposed to that much stimuli at an early age. So I guess we were, we were, we were mean. We waited till he was six weeks old, so. Ooh, well, there we go. Wow. <laughs> um, were your, ki- were your kids in the parks early, Mary Jo? Um, yeah, Nick was, actually, we waited for Nicholas when he was almost a year old. Okay. And then Kelly was a few months old when we started taking her, and then, we always took the kids. I, that yeah. was my thing to do. But in those days, that was pre-annual pass. So we probably went right. just a couple of times a year. Yeah. Michael, how about your kids and grandkids? We we waited until our children were a little older, school age, okay. like, you know, five, six years old, right. which was a great time. And for our granddaughter, though, we didn't wait. Um, <laughs> she was about a year or so okay. when we, when we took well, you her. Know, and when by you're that coming time, we a- had annual passes so yeah. we could take her multiple times with our children it was about once a year yeah that horrible time when you had to like pay for them yeah well you know when you're coming from a distance that's a good question as to do i wait to spend all this money till they can remember because we had tons of people saying oh they're never going to remember it. oh they're never going to do this during those age brackets from time to time they actually build a memory of those things. Now they may lose that when they get to the next grouping of age brackets, but sometimes they'll still have those flashbacks. I mean, how many of us remember one or two things from like when we were one, you know, a couple of years old or, you know, we all have at least one memory from our, our very young childhood. I mean, our for granddaughter me, remembers a remarkable amount from like trips to Disneyland at two and three years old. I'm absolutely stunned. Yeah, what she remembers. It, I mean, I, I get that from Lily, too. I mean, Lily is certainly, out of the two of them, she's my younger daughter. She's nine right now at the time of this recording. My older daughter is going to be 11 this summer. And, you know, Lily just astounds me in the same way Lexi does you, um, that she remembers things that we did with them at those ages. And they remember their Walt Disney World trips, too. So it's kind of... It's kind of fun and funky. Um, and, you know, that's people like us who went to Disneyland so much before we had children. And, you know, it's like, how do you adjust your style? And we had friends that we, we went with because, um, you know, it's just the thing to do. They had passes. We had passes. Um, we had very different Disneyland styles. With our inf- our same age infant daughters, our, our Zoe and and Hunter were born a week apart from each other, um, and we had very different ways of touring the parks. Um, and you know, you guys think I'm kind of chill and never on the stick when I go to the park because I'm pretty, me- you know, I'm pretty like, eh, whatever, I'll do whatever. You know, if I don't go on a ride, yay, you know, it's okay. Um, and some people are really very much. We want to go on a ride. Tom, you're very much always been that kind of touring person, right? You've been a pretty much hardcore, you know, we got to get this done. We do this. We do that. When I'm with the family, yeah. Yeah. So, and your son adapted really well to that style of touring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, my, I was always a little more easygoing. Like, it didn't matter when we had, when we had the kids as very, very small babies, we didn't stop to make sure the world revolved completely around them. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, we, like I said, we had friends who toured, but they had to like stop and make like a whole production of unpacking the stroller and, and doing this and doing that. And, and it was very hard to tour with them because we just couldn't keep They don't moving. listen, do they? <laughs> no. But I mean, it's been year, it's been decades. So, you know, it's been a decade. So that's okay. Um, We had the same experience with my sister in law when we went and her boys were really small. I think the entire day we went on three attractions because it was stopping, get a drink and, and then it was rest. And then we stood in line and then it was watch a parade. We did see a parade and they had a great time. So it really is style. I, I, my, yeah. I, we were like, we were like Tom's family when the kids were younger. We started, we had a, we, you know, that was before fast passes and we went clockwise. You know, we started in Main Street, Adventureland, and we went 
on, on as many attractions as we could get on to make it worth our um, value worth for the our- money that we that we paid. Yeah, and everybody has a touring plan based on value, you know, what's valuable Mm -hmm. to them. Um, certainly I wanted, I, I went with more of letting the style of my children dictate. I kind of guided a little bit, but my kids' style kind of dictated some of it too. Um, and you have to kind of adjust that. But one of the things to know is you don't, have to go to baby care every time you need to do with something regarding your child. And that's an important, once you realize that, you can do so much more in your park touring. Now, keep in mind um, that baby care is phenomenal. And it's a great way to kind of especially over at California Adventure where they have more space for baby care. Um, it's a great way to kind of take that break and decompress them if you need to. But we're going to talk about this in our series today um, of other ways you can, and other places you can take them to decompress around the parks, especially now that the parks are in such a state of flux, especially Disneyland Park with the con- the new construction that started up that's going to be undergoing for a year, year and a half. Um, you re- Some of the kids, my favorite activities that I would have normally recommended with infants aren't there anymore. So that's a bit of an adjustment too. So um, there's places in the park where you can downtime them for quiet. There's places in the park you can downtime them for running around craziness. Um, and there are places you wouldn't expect. So we're going to keep that in mind too. Another thing we're going to talk about is um, attractions that you're going to find for kids of these age brackets. Um, and you'd be surprised what you can do at what ages. Um, because as your child develops from birth to three, um, you're going to run into your stages, like your stage of, you know, your stage of wonder, your stage of fear, your stage of terrible twosomes, um, you know, your cranky pantsness and how you manage that (laughs) is critical to your having a good time and your child having a good time. Because people asked us how we did it and how we stayed, so you know, all day and went all day into the evening and the girls weren't ever really affected by it. And I mean, if you think about it, if you're there on a paid vacation where you're staying in a hotel room, you're there the whole day. You're not going to just be a Southern Californian and run home for, you know, run home after in the afternoon because the child is thrown a complete tantrum and, you know, and is God bless it. You know, as my, as my girlfriend posted up on Facebook, a picture of her daughter and, you know, she's just sobbing with Minnie Mouse, just absolutely sobbing, worst meltdown, best experience of meeting Minnie Mouse ever. You know, that can be avoided with, with specific, seeing the specific signs in your kid and adapting accordingly. So, um, let's talk about some of these, you know, let's talk about the phases of the day. You know, when you start off with any kid, um, in this particular age range, obviously morning is going to be your optimal time because your child is awake. They're fresh. They're looking at the day through good eyes. They've hopefully had breakfast, um, and they've, they're ready to go. Now that usually lasts a good three hours before they need something. Now <laughs> the earlier age, the earlier age, you're going to stop. For me, I, I last about them. two, but yeah. And you know what? For a baby, two hours is a great window. You just have to realize that, you know, you have to get over that. I'm not at home anymore. You know, if your child is very specific routined when you are, um, when you're at home, you know, every day Johnny goes down at, you know, at 10 o'clock, one o'clock and, you know, whatever they go down for naps or they have to feed at this exact time. 
I don't want to say totally throw that out the window, but know the schedule you have put your child on and work with it. Now, some people say, oh my God, my child can never take a nap in a stroller. You know what? If your child is wiped, they'll take a nap in that stroller. If you don't give them a choice sometimes and you just act as everything's routine, normal, um, it ha- you know, you can work with this and you can find places in Disneyland to work with it with you. So my phrase is never say never. For instance, you're going great in the morning. Do the heavy stimulus rides first. Anything that's going to give them color, pop. Small World is really good for that. In fact, we used to gauge Zoe's growth and development within the first six months by Small World. You know, what is she seeing? What is she focusing on? Can she look at both sides of the ride? Anything like that is really going to engage. When a child is tired, they can't process that much color and engagement. So you want to take them and do things that bring something down to a smaller level. For instance, there's that great little pathway between the Frontierland entrance that leads up behind the, um, behind the fantasy fair and heads up into, and then, you know, kind of dumps you out and through into, um, the Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique area. So you got that little pathway that'll get you into the fantasy fair. That is a wonderful little path. It's quiet. There's like a bench or two right there. And you can let your kid have some downtime watching the ducks. Yeah. Also, over by the same holds true on the opposite side of the castle, over by Snow White's Grotto. While that's a little more crowded because they do do some character meet and greets over there, you still have the ducks that wander around the lawn. You have the water. You have just the simple acti- the simple rhythmic activity of the fish in the water. The, the, you know, ivory fish in the water. You've got this kind of quiet visual of the white Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and the lulling repetitive music. Great place to let them out of the stroller or even just have them by there and just listening. Any age bracket is going to be drawn to that. Any of the the young age brackets are going to be drawn to that kind of calming influence. Other activities that you can take them on that they will get some stimulus from, and surprisingly not as heavy stimulus, before they reach the fear age, which is usually somewhere in between um, 15 to 18 months, um, you can take them on pirates. You can take them on any kind of boat ride. Certainly Peter Pan. Those are darker rooms, especially in pirates. But like the flicker of that flame and stuff is still enough to kind of give them a visual attraction. There's animals. They notice the animals. They don't notice the scary pirates. But they notice just the color. Now, when they start developing fear, like fear of the dark and stuff like that, then you're going to, then you're going to have issues. That's what we, happened to us. 18 months, Zoe, man, nothing. She would not go on that ride. No pirates, no pirates. Um, and it took us a while to get her on Haunted Mansion for the same thing. So, depending on what kind of child you have, you're either going to go through that phase hard and it will stick for a while, or they'll ease back into it with if they're more adventurous. Um, so it's kind of, you know, you have to kind of go individually. We couldn't ride Peter Pan after 15 to 18 months with Zoe. Once Pirates was out, Peter Pan was out, all the dark rides were out. She loved the teacups still. 
All the open ones, right? Like Casey Jr. Circus Train and, and Oh, Casey Jr. Circus Train, yet another beautiful ride for for kids. And right. also and also the same with um with the storybook canal boats. That is perfect. And actually Storybrook Canal Broats and Casey Jr. Circus Train, they have two very different vibes to them as far as kids go. You know, Casey Jr. is so much fun. You know, you're in the cage and it's like, raw, and you're really excited. And Storybook Canal Boats is more downtime-ish. It's sitting and gliding and relaxing and, ooh, isn't that pretty? Ooh, look at that. See the shiny Agrabah, you know, that kind of thing. So there's lots of little ways you can incorporate that in with the smaller kids. And Casey Jr. has more of a stimulus factor. You're on the train, it's chugging, and and it's more active. Storybook Canal Boats, more passive. So that I would recommend, if you're going to do Casey Jr., do them in, in the more alert periods, after nap, after lunch, after, you know, in early in the morning. Storybook Canal Boats, maybe when they're a little more tired, because you can snuggle them on Storybook Canal Boats a lot more so than you can on Casey Jr. Circus Train, where, where you're either in the cage or you're in the seat, and you kind of have to have them sort of next to you. Now, two of my, of course, two of my favorite kid things to do, three of my favorite kid things to do are closed, you know, one permanently. And that would be the train and the, um, and the Mark Twain or the pirate ship. You know, those are fun because, you know, they've got a little wind. You can watch the paddle wheel go, things like that. With the train, the train is great for, um, you know, just that, that, you know, sort of rocking motion on the rails. And not only uh, that, to the small children, that's a really big adventure. Riding the big train, riding the boats that you just mentioned, to them that is an adventure. Yep. And so, you know, you kind of have to parcel that in. Now, characters is going to be a whole nother world. Um, but as far as basic attractions go, um, you know, you have to look at... Um, you have to look at the stimulus. Like I said, you have to look at the stimulus stimulus factor. Um, and it's, it's it's amazing how many rides there are actually or attractions there are actually in the park that don't have height requirements that you can take your mm-hmm. little one on. It's so true. Like any of the dark rides, yeah. those are all great. You know, Tiki Room, Tiki Room fits in the fear factor. Hmm. We could not go in the Tiki Room for a really long time because of the thunderstorms. Yeah. And the banging tiki's. That was a complete freak out for mine. And mine are fairly sensitive to things like, uh, to the scary-oid things. Now, um, one of the, one of the guys in our chat room, cause we're, of course, recording this live, um, is asking about what about the subs? And the subs can go either way. If you're in an overstimulus period, I remember being on the subs and Zoe, lost it and cried right after the explosion <laughs> and the entire sub went oh <laughs> but then you're stuck in a you know if you can't calm the child down then you're stuck in a sub with a crying horrible you know upset little girl so what we did to compensate for that is instead of going into the sub we asked to please go into the disability room because they have the disability experience right there. It's in a little room just off to the side. You can, you know, you're in just a regular old room. There's benches, plenty of places to put the stroller. Heck, if you're the only people in there, you can even nurse the baby through the whole experience and still get to enjoy the traction. And in fact, there's some really fun things about that room, like it's done up like a locker room for se- per se. And so there's all kinds of little quadrants in there with all kinds of little hidden hidden, you know, objects and stuff that it's really fun as your child gets a little bit older when you go in, there's still a little bit of light. Um you know, the room is obviously light until you tell the guy, you know, okay, let's do it and you know, 
and there you you have kind of if there's nobody waiting you have enough time afterwards to look in the things or maybe even they'll tell you a, a couple little secrets about the lockers before they you know close the door you know say okay are you guys ready close the door and start the show um but you see exactly what you see out of the sub windows in that experience and so that's actually super fun we did that for like two years we did the disability experience every time we wrote, you know, we went to the park and they wanted to do it. So you can actually make that part of your, um, part of your habit with a small child. You know, if you're worried about being in the closed off area and your kid having a conniption, try the, try the disability experience. Same with the, um, same with the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough. If you're afraid it's too dark or if you don't, you can't carry your child through the whole experience, you know, go in and watch it in their disability room. And it's a really, really a fun version. It's, it's a great way to see it. And, you know, for folks that, you know, can't maneuver that have kids, that's a great way to do it too. Um, oh gosh. Things I, you know, and also when you're talking about getting close to three, some kids get taller than others. So there's the big controversy then, what do you take them on when they start hitting some of the low end of the heights? Do you take them on Gadget's Go Coaster if they're too small? You know, that's based on the interest level of your child and the stimulus level. And I certainly wouldn't do a new adventure like that with them when they're in the tired period. Know your child's tired period. It is are they tired right after they eat? You know, is it nap time after eating? Is it, you know, or does eating re-energize them for more experience before they get tired? You know, if you're not sure if your care, your child is going to respond well to characters, I would not save that for a downtime period of the day. I would start the initial introduction to characters while your children, child is at the point of being the most receptive to new things. When they're awake, they're alert, and they seem interested in things. For instance, Zoe loved all characters. Face characters, you know, furry characters, all characters. Lily would not go near a princess or a face character. And by face character, I mean, you know, Peter Pan, you know, the princesses. Lily wouldn't go near one of them to save her life. We would always end up going to storytellers for breakfast because she could relate to Chip and Dale. She was really, really good with them. She would go to them instead of everybody else. And then eventually she started adding Snow White into her repertoire. Why Snow White? Not really sure. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things. So, like I said, I wouldn't save meeting the big scary-headed people in the downtime of the day. Oh, we don't have, you know, just getting tired. Let's go meet Minnie before we head home. Yeah, no. Probably not the best chi best time. Um, oh, another good one for kids, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. For stimulus. I wouldn't necessarily do it when they're in overstim... Well, that's kind of half and half. It's dark. It's a fun ride, and there's no real scary... But it's bright. It's yeah. dark, but it's bright. So, depending on what kind of stimulus your child responds to. And plus... Nancy, wouldn't you agree that for this... For, well, you're you're talking about for the tiny kid, for the night, tiny children, right? Yeah, the tinier the, children. As they get older, they're all about, you know, put that laser gun in their hand and let them go pew, 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 even if they don't get a score. Pew, Toy right. Story Midway Mania, <laughs> same thing. Um, my kids loved when they could sit up and actually move the gun around. I would sometimes just let say, I'll move the gun. You do the little string thing and you shoot. And they'd be so excited to get like, you know, what's the really low one at the end of the 
the bear squirrel. Was that a beaver? Yeah, the beaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they would love getting the beaver. You know, so that was just Toy Story more than anything. I think that's why my kids loved Toy Story when they, they were that age was because, you know, that was such a reward to get that beaver. <laughs> or, you know, that they could see which animal or which prize yeah. they won at the end. So, and I mean, Lily would sometimes, you know, Lily, when she was little, little, she would sit in, Zoe, I would, Zoe would get her pull string, and then I would tell Lily to help me pull mine. And, you know, when she was kind of sitting in between us. So, I mean, what did, what did you guys do with Le- Lexi when she was that age? Did you do Toy Story and stuff with her? Um, yeah, she enjoyed Toy Story. You know, we, we helped her with it, but yeah, she liked it. You so, know. and, and, you know, she, she loved the Tiki Bird. She loved all the dark rides. Um, it wasn't until she was a little older, maybe about four and a half or five, when she started to develop fears that suddenly Snow White was scary. Uh, you know, some of the attractions she really liked were scary, but, um, in the beginning, she loved the submarines. Uh, I mean, she loved it all. So, now, um, how- you know, the only, we, we put off Haunted Mansion until she was a little older, and she likes that now. Now, how See, about- I would say for the smaller kids, when you first start them off, take them on all the outdoor open rides. Like you were talking about Casey Jr. and Nancy and the story yeah. of the Land Canal Boats. And there's Dumbo, and there's a lot of those type. I would take them on, uh, you know, you've talked about the omnibus before and also on the horse yeah. carriage. I would take them on those type of attractions before attempting any dark ride. And if I was going to take them on a dark ride, probably be like, it's a small world. Right. Yeah. Lexi loved It's a Small World. Still does. What about at DCA? What, what attractions over there? Um, mine have, Besides Toy Story. Mine have always loved The Little Mermaid since it came on board. And I realized mm-hmm. they were a little bit older when Little Mermaid came on board. But, but that works. Yeah. They, I mean, there's just something about it. But they all... Um, Lily would always hide her face in my lap for Ursula. But yeah, I would choose that one over that the thing. Monsters, Inc., right? Because Monsters, Inc. can be a little intimidating with Randall. Actually, her, not that bad. Children. Mine no? loved Monsters, Inc. When that okay. when that got installed, mine thought Monsters, Inc. was just the greatest. You know, the, they loved the sushi room and they loved the door room. And yeah, I think yeah. the things by introducing the door room, they entered, uh, they always seem to get, we always seem to get the abominable snow monster at the door, you know, where he's going, I, anybody want to lemon ice <laughs> or whatever. Um, they really enjoyed that because we liked pointing out little things with the different characters. Randall was never that super scary to them. Okay. Um, so, you know, he was just another thing. He isn't really that huge present. So you can almost miss Randall in, like, the locker room segment. If you're not looking right at him, you can almost miss him. But Lily would occasionally be a little intimidated by the CDC guys. The, you know, <laughs> the, the cleanup and disinfecting guys. Um, and especially since it blows on you at the one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that kind of got her a little weirded out at first. But, you know, they really came to kind of enjoy that. Um, when they were super little, you know what would always cheer them up? Face paint. And you know what? If you pay all that money and you get a face paint early in the day and somebody has a tantrum and they cry, they'll touch it up for you for free at That's any of the face painting stations. So, woohoo! Face paint was, you know, I, I was a little, you know, oh, spending the money for face paint. But you know what? I have some of the cutest dang pictures of them when they were super... Two years old, Yes! Really? Zoe was asking for it Will they sit age. still? F- sit yes! Still that long? Mm-hmm. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, kids love to have their faces painted. They'll, oh my they'll God. sit still for that. And they think they are just the bomb afterwards. Yeah. I mean, we don't do any of the really huge all-over face paint ones. I mean, some ki- people do with their kids. We would just do, like, the one that would, like, go over and around one eye 
or just be on a cheek. You know, when they're little, little, I don't, we didn't go for the huge ones. We just would go for like a bug on their cheek or something. And, um, and you know, it was worth every stinking penny of it. And I, you know, and I would have never, I would have never thought that I would think that that was a value added experience. But dang it if it wasn't. I mean, that was one thing that was a great call by my husband. He was the one who was like, yeah, we should do it. What the heck? <laughs> so, so there we go. Um, that's one great thing. Um, also, you have the, um, Bugs Life air, Bugs Land area oh, yeah. for the children to go to. Oh my gosh. Bugs and- Land. When they're little, you can spend an hour or two there easy. Because Casey Jr., I mean, not Casey Jr., Heimlich's choo-choo train. You guys have heard me preach the glories of Heimlich's choo-choo train. <laughs> Candy corn. I love. That was, that was, that was West's first ride. Was it really? Yeah. Sorry, attraction. Oh, Oh my gosh. And, and you know, if you have the stomach where you can handle the, the flicks flyers, that's so, so cool. much fun. Yeah. I, I don't have that ability anymore. My, my, you know, center of puking, um, just does not go that direction anymore. But when they were super little though, that was a okay. They got a little scared of it for a while and now they're back to it being okay. But, um, the ladybug boogie can get a little weird, though. Yeah. That's a zippy ride. Is there a height requirement on that one? I'd have to look. No, I don't think so. There's a height requirement so. on tuck and roll. Yeah, yeah. We just never did ladybug boogie very much because I can't take it. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do teacups. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was you know, if Daddy wasn't with us, they couldn't go on yeah. ladybug boogie, but. Oh my gosh, Heimlich, we could go over on Heimlich again and again and again, but even more so, the children's water play areas, and there are two of them there. Mm. There's one on the back side. Uh, the others, do both of, are both of them still open? Well, Dots is still open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the back side's open. Okay, the back side was open last summer. Okay. Because Zoe went into it last summer. Um, but yeah, the last summer is more of stuff coming down from above onto you, but the front side is things coming up out of the ground at you. Um, and that's pretty phenomenal. We spent a lot of time there, even during periods where, you know, it was just Zoe in a diaper, um, went a long t-shirt, um, which I think is against the rules, right? Yeah. Well, if you've got something that covers... And looks like a dress. You got have to keep their shoes on. No, I was thinking about the diaper. No, when she, when they're babies, they're in diapers, honey. I know, but I didn't think they were supposed to be in the play areas in diapers. No. No, it's just water okay. squirting around. All right, cool. It's not like it's in a pool. True. Good. Okay. So you know they can run it, run back and forth, and and really <laughs> just enjoy the the water all over the place there. So yeah. Phenomenal, 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 phenomenal area. Um, any area where they can actively enjoy wet is prime real estate when they're tired or when they're, you know, get, when they need that little pick me up, if they're too hot, if they're kind of cranky, put them in front of a fountain and they will be overjoyed. Um, that's another good way to revive them. And, you know, I kind of fought that at first. Oh, they can't be wet. You know, you know what? I just finally broke down and bought new socks, clean socks and underwear a few times when we forgot stuff. Um, I am totally not against buying clean socks and underwear. And keep in mind <laughs> that the beak and, and keep in mind the baby care centers, the littler they are, the more stuff they have for them. They have diapers. You know, you're going to forget crap. Let's face it. We're all, we, we're not perfect. You're going to forget crap. And baby care has a lot of that crap. And you may not realize they have it, but they have it. 
this is where I get to do my, my shout out, even though they don't listen to the show, to the wonderful women like Peggy and Barbara and the amazing women of baby care. Love, 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 love them. If you are Talk about an inviting place to go to take your children for some downtime. Yes. And you know what? The more you're in those parks, if you're regular attendees like we are or we were, you know, you go once a month, they remember you. Especially if you stop and you chat and 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 treat them like the wonderful real people they are instead of just that random Disney cashier, you know, the cast member. You know, treat them like the wonderful people they are. They are phenomenal. We have lifelong friends in a couple of the women there. Just because, and we still pop in, the girls still want to make that part of their, um, their happy visits. You know, they want to go say hi to Peggy when we're in California Adventure. Um, it, it's just one of those things. So, um, now let's talk about the downtime. Because, let's face it, every kid needs some downtime. Now, you've got two types, like I said. You've got the run around like a crazy and get all the willies out downtime. And you've got that quiet downtime. Um, let me start with Disneyland. Because that was one of the things I wanted to do today was run around and check. Um, my prime goal was to run around and check to make sure some of these downtime areas that I liked were still there. And what were some alternatives based on kind of how the new traffic flow patterns are around the park and where things are going. Um, let's start with Main Street. Where are your best downtime areas on Main Street? And really, not a lot of them. Mm, bench. You know yeah. what? The back corner, um, the back corner by um, the Mad Hatter. Sometimes they use that for character meet and greets, mm -hmm. right there by the carriage door area where the parade comes out. A lot of times, no one is there. And it's not not being used for character meets. So you can do two things there. One, it's a great yaya corner. If, as my girlfriend used to say, getting the yayas out. Um, and they What's can. getting the yayas out? You, I'm sorry. You basically take them out of the stroller and they can jump around and they can, Got you it. know, okay. not run into people or run over people or anything like that. So you can use it for yayas or you can use it for quiet time. You know, it's a, a little bit away and behind if you move into one of those little corral areas that they occasionally use for character meet and greets, um, where they had that one uh, poster up during the um, 55th. They had a big poster in the backdrop, and they use it for Mickey's meet and greet during uh, yeah. the Lunar Year celebrations. Yeah, it's now the doors for the overflow passageway. Yeah. So... Like, middle of the day, that's pretty empty. And also up by the train station when it's quieter, you know, during the quieter periods, they're seating up inside the train station, especially now that not many people are going up in the train station except to go look at the trains. You can go sit up in the train station or up on one of those benches up there. Um, and that's a nice place to elevate yourself up and away from the chaos. Mm-hmm. In the hub, you don't have too many choices, except for there are some benches by Baby Care back by First Aid. That's another little quadrant if you want to kind of take the stroller back there. The only people that really come and go through there are characters coming for meet and greets and, and your routine cast members coming in, coming on and off stage for work. So it's kind of fairly downtime-ish and you're right next to baby care should you need it but you're still a little bit removed now getting in tomorrowland tomorrowland's been really rough um since i'm gonna go clock i'm gonna go counterclockwise tomorrowland's been really rough traffic wise lately and it's only gonna get worse yeah it is there's no quiet area <laughs> and especially since they've taken out the pathway to the train station during all this construction, uh -huh. uh, since they're doing Autopia renovation and all that. Yeah. Um, 
there's two spots I identified that you can maybe grab some downtime. Um, one, right on the, if you're looking at the Tomorrowland, Ter uh, Tomorrowland Terrace restaurant, if you're standing um, by the stage and you're looking at where they serve the food, um, to the left, underneath the great, what do we call that thing that sits on top, the great call to the stars... Yeah. Um, the Orbitron the, or something like that? Or, yeah. To the right of the shop that's tucked in, nestled under there, which is called... Refresh my brain, Tom. The launching pad. The launching pad, which is now all Star Wars merchandise. Yeah. Um, there is a little dining area with tables. If you go back and underneath there, that is a very nice shaded area. And it's probably going to be the biggest relief point. When you're back there and tucked in because there's a, a garden wall that comes along the side of there, it's actually fairly quiet. And you kind of get a little bit of the hustle and bustle blocked away from you. So keep in mind this is the stage side of that shop. During performances, this is going to be a bad area. Yeah. But... If it's between performances of Jedi Training School, it's going to be okay. It's going to be a good area. The other area is tucked down that little pathway between um, the uh, Star Wars launching the Star Wars launch bay and Autopia. Right next to the shop, there are the secret bathrooms, mm -hmm. and that is a pretty big area back there surprisingly there's no benches but there are stairs which are never used that go into the cast member door of the launch bay so you've got some stairs there if you need to let them get out of their stroller and run around it's an area where you can easily keep them trapped not as many people know about those potties so they're not very crowded or busy and if you're kind of back there with your stroller, you can tuck away towards one of the towards the women's room. I think is on the on the left. Um, you could actually park your stroller there fairly easily and be very well protected. You know, if you don't mind sitting on the ground next to your stroller, it's still a very nice, quiet area. If the baby's taking a nap in the stroller, you can kind of hang out and let them chill. So that's Tomorrowland. Uh, Fantasyland. Fantasyland. Actually, a surprisingly large number of places. Too bad one of them is a smoking zone. <laughs> Let's skip that one. Yeah, we're going to skip that one. That's that's under. So if you're coming under the monorail tracks across from the Matterhorn, bad plan. Smoking zone. Um, however, you have my favorite one, which is the boat dock, the old Phantom mm -hmm. boat dock, which is tucked behind um, the snack stand there that sells the turkey legs. Edelweiss yeah. snacks. Thank you. Yeah. Fantasia um, Gardens. Mm -hmm. Fantasia Gardens is the the official name. So that boat dock is a must. It, it's a great place to stop and do the chill out on the chill out in the stroller if they're sleeping it's a great quiet spot if they're if they need to get out once again it's very um sectioned off there's not a whole lot of places they can go it's very well fenced there are always ducks because people bring their food down there so it's a great place for them to to focus on one thing versus all of the other stimulus um another great place the, um, what do you call that? The, is that actually more of a, the fan, small world terrace where they put the oh, overflow yeah. queue during the yeah. holiday season yeah. for small world? That whole area, which is, you know, designed to serve for queue line, it still is a great place to just go up and behind some of those structures and just sit down next to your stroller and relax. At the Fantasyland Theater, you have two zones, um, the one to the right of this, the right side of the stage above the seating areas used to be a shop a long time ago, big giant platform area, great place to let them either run around or sit and be quiet. Same with the seating area, um, 
just past the tr- the Troubadour Tavern snacks mm-hmm. it is just another great area too. And if there's a show going on, they have a nice elevated spot away from the show that doesn't directly involve them, so it wouldn't necessarily create a lot of stimulus for them. But if they were awake and chilling to the point where they're just kind of la 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 and you don't want to disturb that kind of zen moment they can kind of you know pay attention to it and be enjoy the show but still be away from everyone so that's another great area um when you get down into the heart of fantasy land it's a little harder to find one of my favorite spots is behind dumbo at the calliope Mm mm-hmm it's a great place for them to look at like the shiny moving things and and enjoy the music without all of the crowd that's in front. So cuz most people don't know they can walk behind Dumbo. Um every once in a while Peter Pan goes back there. So you just kind of have to keep that in mind, but still that's a really good spot. I don't recommend um the area back past Casey Jr. I used to I used to always say when that walkway was open past the bathrooms that was a great place. But now that that's shut off, the the ba- those bathrooms are fairly high traffic, so pretty much that section is out. The other area I would recommend though in the main heart of Fantasyland is by the there's a bench by the entrance to Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough. There's a bench by the exit. And, of course, there's the little pathway over to the Snow White Grotto. So I like those two bench areas on either side because not a lot of people really go into that little patch of real estate. So it's a good place to kind of pull yourself off to the side. And, of course, um, that little take that little pathway out of... um, out between Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and the entrance to to the Sleeping Beauty walkthrough, and then go down into Fantasy Fair through that. All right, um, Toontown. Toontown. No. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, there's a bench or two back in the park at Goofy's house mm-hmm. that aren't too bad, but mostly Toontown is Stimulus Central. Get the heck out of there. Adventureland. Adventureland. I like... Or Adventureland. Hmm? Sorry, go ahead. Adventureland. (laughs) Frontierland doesn't have a whole lot. You've got um, Dia de los Muertos Park. You could sit in a section of the Rancho de Zocalo. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, if they keep our favorite little pathway back by the fish pond... Right. Um, past the exit to Big Thunder. If they keep that additional little batch of, bit of pathway open, that's a great run around Yaya pathway now yeah. because it's got a dead end. Okay, Adventureland. Adventureland. A couple spots. One is pretty obvious, and that's the um, kind of Moroccan-style um, seating area to the right of Aladdin's Oasis. Um, between that and the exit of Jungle Cruise. And that's, it can be a yaya place. You know, it's fairly close, it's fairly closed. Um, the exit area of the, um, the tree house has lots of fun things for them to play with and do if they need to get out and touch things. Excellent area for that. My surprise favorite, if you want quiet or a fair amount of quiet, is at the exit to Indiana Jones. Yeah, I used to take my kids there when they were young for quiet time. Because the only people coming through there are the people coming out of the attraction, and you're right up against the rail of the Jungle Cruise, which right now isn't a great view because it's drained. But when the Jungle Cruise is working, you know, the occasional boat goes by. And then the people walking out of the attraction, that's really the only stimulus they get. So um, that one's not too bad. And, you know, that's pretty much Frontierland. 
Critter Country. You know what, Critter, I forgot, how can I forget about Critter Country? You know what, even if you don't ride Winnie the Pooh, even if they're scared of the dark or scared of the bright noises or whatever in Winnie the Pooh, they will let you hang out in the queue area. And you could certainly let people bypass you in that queue area because it's a lot longer of a queue than most ever fills up. I mean, I don't, I haven't remembered seeing that queue fill up in a long, long time. Have you? Nope. And of course, Hungry Bear. Hungry Bear? My God, yes. Hungry Bear, down especially on the lower level, um, is a great place to let them get out and stretch their legs, as well as go to the very back side of it and just park the stroller, and you can chill out and watch everything go by. Not um, anymore, or not yeah. go by. <laughs> well, you can watch the ducks go by. Yeah. Because, you know, they've blocked the... I don't think you can even do that. <laughs> Actually... You can? Okay. They have, what they have done for construction is they have dammed up that river. They're not planning on draining the front half right. yet. So they have actually dammed it and the entire back half of that river is already drained. And you cannot tell. Right. It's amazing. Even if you're in that back section, you cannot tell that the river is drained. So... How cool right. is that? In, oh, so and then there, my last Yaya place back there is at the exit of Splash Mountain. There's that whole big zone oh, yeah. back there. Yep. And you can let a kid chill out. You can let them run around. You can... No one will care back there because everybody's so hyped up from space, from Splash Mountain coming down off of it. And the people who get off the ride don't even utilize that space. So there you go. Those are my good areas there. Um, in, Cal in California Adventure, I'm going to say it again. I still think even though they've changed the layout on the inside of the animation building, it's still one of the best downtime spots ever. Because they can chill to the music and the and the screens just like they would if you were at home you know and you put on their favorite disney songs and disney movies or they can get up and dance still you know there's not as much spots yeah you might have to sit on the floor because mo most of the banquets are gone but it's still a really good sensory spot it's the right balance of dark and attraction because it's it's stimulus that they would be used to at home if that makes sense does that make sense mm -hmm. um the very back corner of the area by monsters inc they don't utilize that area very much except for in the tea party great area to get their yayas out same um Kind of over by Tower of Terror, there's that little tiny quadrant there to the left of the tower by the gift shop. It's kind of mm -hmm. like a little dead-end road. That's another yep. another good spot. Um, Paradise Park. Best Yaya zone ever. And best chill-out Paradise zone. Gardens? Paradise Gardens. Okay, cool. Well, not Red Paradise Red Gardens, but the park itself. Okay. Paradise Gardens, I think of as that whole area, nice area by the restaurants. Yeah, okay. What are you talking I think, about but that, I park? think Paradise Gardens is big enough where I think it's a nice place to take. What are you talking about, park? Yeah, I was talking about the park because the park can be a uh, either a park? yaya or a which well, park the, you the standing area for World of Color. Okay, gotcha. Okay, the That's park the, itself because they still call that Paradise Park, right? Yeah, they do. You're right. Okay. What about Redwood Creek Challenge Trail? Ah. Uh, the king of yayas, especially now that Tom Sawyer Island is down. Uh -huh. um, that is literally the best place to let them go crazy. And there's a few good spots if you've got a baby in a... In, yeah, you know, they, like you under the, under the, underneath some of the bridges. And you like can't that, yeah. take a stroller in there, though. That's right. the problem. Yeah. So, um, so I would certainly, you know... Balance that. If you've got kids towards the three end, kids that are running, you know, that is definitely your way to go. Um, and if your kids aren't 
up for the big nets. There's still like the little cave and that whole area down there. There's enough splashing water areas. There's the little kid slides. And that works out perfectly. Um, now over by... I don't know. Cars Land? You've got a couple good areas. You've okay. got the overflow queue of, you've got that overflow queue area that's often roped off um, for Radiator Springs Racers. Mm-hmm. You have the area, you have that area over by Stanley's statue. There's that little garden that's kind of tucked in there. And I can't remember if part of that is a smoking zone or not. I don't think so. The, I don't think the corner so. to the left. No, huh? I didn't get over there today, and that was the one. That was the one thing I wanted to check on. Um, I also like the area, um, across from Luigi's, kind of where they have red parked every now and then. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the, a nice stretch. That is a nice stretch. And if you need a quiet downtime, that's certainly not a bad spot. Now, I don't know what Luigi's is going to do to that area when it opens back up. I don't know what kind of, what kind of stimulus factor that's going to be. But it might be a great place because you can park, you know, you can park the stroller there and let them watch Luigi's move. You know, the, it may be one of those really, like that was always a really fun place when it was the tires to watch the tires go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it's probably going to provide the same enjoyment factor. Does that make sense? And then of course there's that section there where you can, um, you can also park them along and watch Mater's move. And the quiet zone between Sarge's and there's that good quiet zone sitting area between Sarge's and, uh, flows. The path that cuts over to Ghirardelli. Baby care. Yeah. 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 And that path is right next to your baby care. So that's even better. So you've got plenty of downtime spots. Um, and then also on the, the Trattoria Terrace area. Up in there, you've got some great downtime. Yeah, over the in by Blue Sky Cellar and on the other oh, that's side as well. Really nice oh, yeah, by area. the beer place. That's it's always empty. Yep, and those yeah. are really good. Quiet no, I don't think they spots. check ID, so. Yeah, and you know you get that extra bonus of having a tasting. There you go. <laughs> and so you can enjoy it. You can so you can have that downtime too. And then of course, kid the kids stimulus zones. You've got Playhouse Disney. You've got. Um, You've got monsters. You've got pretty much all those areas. You know, granted, you have a height requirement. Keep in mind, too, that if if you have that height requirement and they're not quite there, like if they're three and they're not tall enough, or two and a half and they're not tall enough to go on um, Jumpin' Jellyfish or Goofy Sky School or anything like that, remember they will give them those little cards saying, you know, when you're tall enough, present this card. They I think that's so cute that, that they do so. that. And they don't always do that, but so, yeah, they used I mean, to, and sometimes they pull them out. Don't count okay. on it, but you never know. Don't. Nancy said I was going to get a card. Yeah. <laughs> no. And Nancy's from the Disney She knows. <laughs> that's just she- <laughs> oh, prime real estate. We, the, underneath, um, on, on the lagoon side, underneath the uh, Silly Symphony Swings. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yet another good spot. Um, and that place is almost always empty. But it's you right know there's there another the area that's kind of quiet and if you like is behind um, Grizzly River Rapids. There's a oh, little walkway on the back side smoke, of it. That, that is a smoking zone though. Well, no, but if oh. you move past it under, oh, okay. under the gotcha. bridge, the gotcha. smoking zone only goes up to the lift hill. But once you go underneath the lift hill, that's a great area as long as it's not summer. Because they put the overflow queue into that. It, it can actually come around and go onto that pathway. But I've, I've walked through there, you know, several times. Um, not over and over again, of course. But, and just, it's just so peaceful over there. And I love pine trees anyway. And then you can go down and watch the people splash and get wet. Mm-hmm. 
As long as you and look make for the sure Disneyland you, kitty cats. As long as you make sure you completely lock your stroller by those killer stairs that are right there by the drop hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Lily went to the hospital because of that. Oh, yikes. Um, someone actually bumped our stroller, and she went down the steps in the stroller. <clears throat> Good tip, then. Um, so, yeah, you have to be real careful of the sloping there. But the first aid team at DCA is wonderful. <laughs> Can I just say that? Um, All right. Wrap this thing up, ma'am. But anyway, yeah, so you've got quiet, you've got stimulus, you've got all kinds of great things you can do with your kids. Don't think your child is too young or too iffy to go to the park. Because if you know your child and you understand your child, you you don't have to approach it with kid gloves. You can really do a lot and really, they will be so incredibly, and take your time and just let let them guide you too. If they see something that's interesting, don't brush it off and say, no, we've got to go to this attraction now. Let them explore. Let them just look at things, touch things, um, see things, spend time with Tinkerbell's lot in Tinkerbell's queue. You don't have to go see Tinkerbell, but spend time in her queue, you know, things like that. Just do. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everyone. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland show. Who catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week and fell asleep. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.